Coming up on Podcast 1577, Honda and LG reveal joint plans for a US battery factory. Stick around and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, US pricing for the Genesis Electric G80. France wants to subsidise EV leases for those that can't afford one. And CATL talk about their latest EV battery technology. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you are in the world, it's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Monday, 29th of August. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Back on the podcast, sorry I was away for so long. That was a really uh, bad illness that myself, my wife, and our little toddler all had a really weird set of, uh, of symptoms. I won't bore you. Uh, we all had something slightly different. He was sick and with a rash. I lost my voice um, and uh, and had some real bad throat pain. So, um, uh, yeah, really, re- maybe he did, but he couldn't tell me. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, really, really weird. Affected us all differently. Appreciate your patience. I'm sorry we're away for so long. I've certainly learned some lessons that I can't do this on my own anymore um, and that, uh, that the podcast needs uh, some more people working on it. So um, it's my bad. I thought I could shake this off really quickly and just get back on it and then the more I tried to work the more I had to end up spending days in bed um, but yes certainly learned a lesson um, can't do it all on my own and need to add people to the team to help me uh, research write present as well like Blake's amazing at that I should have called him um, and the longer it went on the longer you know sunk cost I was like right I'll get back on the podcast today and then I was really ill but anyway thank you for your patience uh, and if you're new to the podcast then sorry that some idiots rambled on for a minute and a half about something you don't really care about uh, let me crack on with the news then Rivian and the first customer deliveries are now underway of the R1S that is their SUV the first ones took place last week the hotly anticipated SUV has been in production for a while now the Rivian CEO RJ Scarringe taking delivery of his all the way back in December last year but until now it's Rivian employees getting the vehicle according to Inside EVs the R1S was delivered to a forum member goes by the name of Fletch uh, the Rivian forums I should say Fletch based in Pennsylvania and they wrote on the forum having never driven an EV before this afternoon I would describe it this way driving it is like being in a video game that got the physics wrong the acceleration feels like it shouldn't be possible I put 100 miles on it after delivery today on back roads and highways and everything in between well, that's amazing. The first person to get a Rivian R1S is a someone new to electric vehicles. That's brilliant. I don't know why I think they'd have to be a, you know, uh, sort of diehard or something. But I just I thought that was interesting. I thought it was an interesting fact that the first person to get it was uh, never even driven an electric vehicle. I guess I'm surprised because the Rivian R1S is a punt in a couple of ways. It's an electric SUV. There's not too many of those. Like It's a big SUV, not too many of those around. Um, it's from a startup. And so that's a bit of a punt because you've got, to, you've got to hope that Rivian are going to be around in two, five, ten years to service the things. They probably will be, but you don't know. And also, you know, from a name that no one's you know really heard of, Rivian is still very, very new. Um, and also electric technology is new as well. So um, really interesting that, uh, that that is a, a new person to driving electric vehicles uh, bought themselves an R1S starting at $78,000, which means it does get the new federal tax credit um, of $7,500. Uh, it's assembled in the US. Uh, just needs to make sure the battery ticks all the boxes, and it will. Uh, they delivered uh, about 5,700 vehicles in the first half of the year over at Rivian, but they've got a ramp obviously in the second half of the year, to hit their target of 25,000 deliveries this year. Now let's go to South Korea and Genesis, which is a brand that is making really big moves into Europe. 
Um, I was well enough to go to the Classic, which is at Silverstone yesterday. Um, went on my own, only for just like half a day. I didn't know if I'd be up for like walking around a, a big festival. Um, but it's full of, you know, smelly, oily, old combustion stuff but that's okay uh and um and genesis were a big sponsor and genesis were there um uh, promoting their 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 road cars not a lot of electric stuff there on the genesis stand that i saw anyway i think there was a couple of stands i saw one of them um because i was based in something called the silverstone wing i was doing some work uh, some podcasty stuff um, about uh, Le Mans Porsche cars, if you're interested. I'm sure you're not. Um, and so, interesting to see how much marketing money they were spend, spending. But in the US, the Genesis luxury brand announcing that the electrified G80 starts at $81,000 in a very, very well-specced and well-equipped version. Uh, and, I, and I've talked about this before, so I'll spare you the rant, but electrified is such a stupid word for Genesis to use. Um, it must be a reason they've done it. But when you see the electrified Genesis, you're like, oh, is that some sort of hybrid? Is that some greenwashing? Because if it was electric, they'd call it the electric G- GAD. They'd just call it electric. Um, electrified is obviously a fudge, and they're trying to make it sound better than it is. But no, it is a full electric car, which is weird. Call it the electric G80. But the electrified G80 has dual motors, 136 kilowatts each, front and rear axles, 87.2 kilowatt hour battery pack under the floor, and 282 miles of range. The second electric vehicle in the Genesis lineup follows the smaller GV60 crossover, both on the same platform as the Kia EV6, Hyundai Ioniq 5, 800 volts, 350 kilowatts. Fast charger needed to get the top speed, uh, but you'll do about 22 minutes in this to get to 80%, which is great. A 22-minute stop is barely enough time to grab yourself a coffee, queue up, uh, and get back to the car. Comes with three years of charging at Electrify America, 11-kilowatt onboard charger, and vehicle to load a 3.6 kilowatts, which I think will be really interesting because uh, the way that the energy market is going, at least over here, they're talking about if we get a really, really cold January, there could be some rolling blackouts, perhaps uh, some reduction of power for at least commercial operations, but perhaps uh, maybe a couple of weeks of the year where, because there's the issue around Russian gas, the possibility of having no power. So very, very useful to have a car in your driveway that uh, even if you haven't got, you know, full fat vehicle to grid or full fat vehicle to home, you could pull, you know, you could keep the freezer on with it. And actually, uh, that's one of the downsides of the system that I've got. I've got the Solar Edge, because uh, I've got Solar Edge solar panels and I've got Solar Edge um, battery and that's one of the downsides of my DC coupled battery is that it's it hasn't got the extra box that makes it grid safe, so it doesn't feed back into the grid when the power's down. And that's a real shame because in a power cut, even though I've got ten kilowatt hours stored in a battery, wouldn't be able to use it. So um, maybe I could even use a car that had vehicle to load in some way to I don't know, like patch that into the boiler so at least the gas boiler could ignite and then run the pump. Either way. These kind of things shouldn't even need to be thought. I'm sure we won't have blackouts. You know, it's it's that's last case, worst case scenario. They'll they'll close down industry before they do that to domestic customers. But either way, interesting that more and more cars are coming to ve- with vehicle to load, like the new MGs, the new MG4s got it as well. And so let's talk a little bit next about Toyota, uh, my favourite car company. Um, I do, I do jest because I think they make life 
worse for themselves. Electric vehicles are having a surging demand from consumers in recent times. The likes of Tesla could do 1.5 million cars this year, easily on their way to 2 million cars. And if you order a brand new EV from many of the big manufacturers, even though they're making plenty of them, it could be a 3, 6, 9 or 12 month wait. But according to an interview with Toyota of North America's executive vice president, who called Jack Hollis, he says that there is simply not enough demand for electric vehicles. He said that the market, electric vehicle infrastructure, uh, are not ready yet either, and the price points for electric vehicles are too high, which I do agree with him, actually, that many EVs are too expensive in terms of hardworking, you know, not even low-income but middle-income families can't afford an EV. Um, He says this, and I quote, I don't think the market is ready. I don't think the infrastructure is ready. And even if you were ready to purchase one, you can't afford it. It's still too high, end quote. So I agree with him on Mr. Toyota on that point, but the idea that there's no demand is is so ridiculous that uh, that he's obviously just, you know, saying that because that's the the company line. He's obviously got a few... uh, um, you know, a few reasons in his paycheck to tow the company line, but uh, that's that's Toyota's line. There is no demand for electric vehicles, which is obviously nonsense. Um, electric vehicles were 5.2% of the US new market in the first half of the year, up doubled from 2.5% in 2021, and it'll be 50% of all new vehicles by the end of the decade, which is seven years away. Um Uh, He also had something to say about that as well, about the increasing adoption rate of electric vehicles, how it's blowing up right now. Um, He obviously hasn't heard of places like Norway, um, where nearly all all new cars are electric. He said this, and I quote, It took 25 years to get to less than 10% market share for hybrid, and they're affordable, done without resources that are available, end quote. So, yeah, he's looking back in time and saying, well, it took 25 years to get to 10% market share, so maybe there'll be another 25 years to get to 20%. Bless him. Bless him, bless Toyota, bless their misguided view of... And, and you know what? It's not their fault if they haven't done battery supply contracts and and can't get EVs to market. Obviously, it is their fault. Someone should be fired for that. They should have been doing these these deals, you know, four, six, eight years ago. But if they can't get batteries and they haven't done deals to get batteries, at least outside of China, then yes, that's Toyota's fault. But what I don't like about Toyota, and I think I hear from the listeners of the show, I think you agree, many people who listen to the show agree, it's not that Toyota aren't making EVs. I don't care about Toyota. They can come and go, go bust, do well. I don't care. It's not my business. But um, is that they in, they consistently talk down EVs for their own benefit. Like, just be a neutral player in this. If you've screwed up, you're screwed up, right? You, you, you know, you, <laughs> you haven't got any good EVs on the market. The BZ4X is terrible. Um, then, 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 then go away and do what you do, make combustion cars. But don't jump into what is a positive conversation about the future of electric mobility and, uh, and throw stones and rocks and say, oh, there's no demand, and then, you know, run away having lit a fire. It's not big, it's not clever, and uh, and bless them. Uh, now, a Japanese company that are looking to the future. I'm really, really, really optimistic about this headline story. Honda and a new battery factory in the US. That story on the way. And we'll talk about France subsidising EVs for those that need it. Stick around, those stories are coming up. Now, Honda, another Japanese maker, really showing very little 
competence in the world of electric vehicles. And what I mean by that is, you know, you want to see ex- announcements about battery factories, uh, mineral supply contracts, that they're going to have a robust supply chain to get millions of EVs on the road very soon. Now we can bring you that news. Honda and LG saying today they will invest $4.4 billion US dollars to build a brand new battery production plant for EVs in the US. Marks the latest plans by Honda to invest in American production of battery cells as the industry has to work to meet strict regulations and future-proof themselves. We've seen the announcements from the likes of GM, Ford, Rivian and Hyundai and now Honda and LG said their plant will expect it to begin mass production, uh, lithium-ion battery cells by the end of 2025. Now, why are they choosing to build a battery factory in in America. Yahoo Money have a theory. While Honda is committed to building EVs in North America, it wouldn't be surprising if the recent Inflation Reduction Act, which was just passed and signed by Biden on, was it the 16th, 18th of August, played a big role in Honda and LG inking their battery deal sooner rather than later. The IRA, in addition to the federal tax credits for the purchase of EVs, includes incentives if you make batteries in the US. It's a largely underreported part of the Uh, Inflation Reduction Act. The IRA provides $35 per kilowatt hour of tax credits to manufacturers if you make your battery in the US. The biggest benefit from the IRA might not actually be the consumer side of tax credits, the seven and a half grand off a brand new car, even a used car as well. That comes on the 1st of January. But the $35 per kilowatt hour of batteries made in the US. Uh, Ford's CEO Jim Farley saying in an interview with Yahoo Finance during Pebble Beach Car Week that it's his opinion that actually that's a much bigger driver of an American domestic battery supply chain. He says, and I quote, we're bringing the battery production back here. We could easily have done that in Mexico or another place. But now there's a huge financial incentive, end quote. And the money that battery makers will make in terms of tax credits is huge. Ford, they've got their Kentucky plant to make batteries, 86 gigawatt hours by the middle of the decade, about 3 billion of US tax credits for Ford per year and every year. Honda and LG uh, could well generate $1.4 billion of tax credits just in that one factory, not that we know where it is going to be yet. So that's a really important um, point in terms of people saying, well, hang on, why did Biden sign this piece of legislation? Why was he so keen to get it through? Um, and this isn't something that will benefit us you know, this year or next year, although it might do. This is a 5, 10 or 15 year play to wrestle control of batteries away from China. And it's all in China right now. But let's go to France, where they will uh, unveil a plan to subsidise EV leasing as part of the President Emmanuel Macron's uh, campaign to make them more affordable. Uh, It'll make EVs for those on low income. You can lease an EV for €100 a month, about $100, about one-to-one at the minute. So uh, Macron promised a state-sponsored leasing programme to low-income households to counter criticism that EVs are too expensive. The French government offers subsidies of €6,000 at the minute if you buy an EV, under €47,000. And there's a uh, um, kind of cash for uh, old diesel cars if you uh, trade in your combustion car as well. Now, earlier today, Elon Musk checked in to Giga Berlin after speaking in Norway. It was an unofficial visit, according to local media. He simply had a walk around the factory, uh, looked at the production ramping up, and reported that meetings with federal and state governments uh, officials weren't scheduled, so this was just a check-in to the factory. The last time he was here was in March 2022, uh, during the grand opening ceremony. Since then, Giga 
Hamburger Berlin's been ramping up to 1,000 model Ys per week, and uh, they want to get to 2,000 model Ys per week in October, I believe it is, according to Tasmanian.com. Link in the show notes so you can read more. Mary Barra, head of General Motors, uh, recently on being interviewed by Fox Business about EV production and refused to answer a question about the long-standing claim that she has, which is they will be uh, the US's number one maker of EVs by 2025. She refused to answer the question, dodged it completely. And I've said, you know, again, apologies to long-term listeners. I'll remind you of my stance on this. GM are doing amazing things, but they're shooting themselves in the foot by saying we're going to be number one in America by 2025. And that means if you want to be number one, you have to make more EVs than everybody else, more than Ford, more than VW, more than Tesla. GM said we will be making in their latest investor deck, which uh, I downloaded and printed out and read one evening. My wife's like, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, I'm reading GM's investor deck. It's, you know, the things I do for background research. In terms of the communication with investors, very clear. 2025, 1 million electric vehicles produced in North America. 1 million units in North America by 2025. Well, look, Tesla will make 1.5 million globally this year. But if you want to say, well, no, what Mary Barrow from GM is saying is she's going to beat Tesla by 2025 in North American numbers. Okay, well, then let's split that out. Tesla has 900,000 units of installed capacity uh, at the minute. And that will get boosted when Giga Texas ramps. And they'll easily be perhaps 1.5, maybe 2 million vehicles by 2025. And so it's not that GM aren't doing amazing things, a bit like Toyota. It's how they choose to communicate, which in Toyota's term is to diss EVs. And GM's uh, uh, kind of case is to diss everyone else. And it's like, why can't you say we've got amazing vehicles? Like the Hummer is a feat of engineering. And they're going to carry on selling the Bolt and the EUV. The Lyric is coming. These are all great cars. But instead, they choose to go on TV. And this is why I've given her grief. Actually, nobody cares what I think of GM. But, and, and I've said, this is, like, this is such a stupid thing to do because it draws attention away from the amazing cars you're building. Because now I'm spending time on a podcast talking about the ridiculous claim that GM will be bigger than Tesla by 2025 when they have dialed back their claims over the years to now be one million in North America. So you won't be. So stop saying it. And in this Fox Business interview, she did stop saying it. So there you go. It was, uh, they were asked, uh, she was asked very overtly and refused to say that they'd be bigger than Tesla, which is interesting, uh, given up on that claim. But the point is, never needed to say it. Never needed to make that claim and, and invite, you know, invite criticism if you like, because um, the cars are really good. So just stop saying stupid stuff and we'll stop talking about the stupid things you do, like doing joint ventures with Nikola when we could all see what that was happening at that company. Man, that's a, it's a weird, weird management at GM. The people making the vehicles are doing a great job because engineering-wise, that Ultium platform looks <laughs> spot on. Now, let's talk about CATL, talking about a new battery chemistry. I don't really do that on this podcast because everyone's talking about latest battery breakthroughs. There's stories every single day. They're all nonsense. But, 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 um, CATL are the world's biggest um, EV battery maker. So when they say that we have a new technology coming, you kind of have to pay attention. Condensed cells are very high safety, high reliability, and high life cycle batteries. Um, But uh, they didn't tell us any more details. They are going to be coming in 2023. The company's chief scientist said today at the World New Energy Vehicle Congress, uh, they will develop what's called coalescent batteries. Now, I haven't heard of those, uh, but it is not a form factor or a installation method. It is a a chemistry upgrade. And so I'll look uh, to understand a bit more about CATL's new condensed 
cells. Very interesting. Um, that battery story is worth talking about. Now, the Neo ET7 gets close to launching here in Europe. That is the car that is kind of halfway between a, a Model 3 and a Model S. Very luxurious. Taking luxury to the Germans on their home turf. And now ET7s have been seen driving around Poland, which is very interesting. They are going to be on sale sometime in quarter four in Germany to begin with, but also Netherlands, Norway, Denmark, Sweden. Uh, when I was with the VP or SVP of Neo Europe, a couple of months ago, and I joked about the UK. I said, oh, we'll never get a right-hand drive version. Um, you know, but come on, put the steering wheel on the proper side. Um, I was joking, and he went, well, yeah, that's it's going to be soon. So he couldn't tell me when, obviously. Um, but uh, I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Neo got big expansion plans here in Europe, and uh, the specs are three battery sizes, 70, 100, or 150 kilowatt hours, so 600 miles, knocking on the door, 600 miles range. Battery swappable as well. All-wheel drive, 3.7 seconds, 0 to 60. Um, in a big barge, in a big luxury sedan. It's not a hatchback, it's got a, got a, uh, um, a sedan sort of saloon boot lid. And a pretty small boot in it, actually. Very, very high boot, as it were. But um, uh, the ET7 looks like a really, really interesting car to go up against the likes of you know, BMWs, Mercedes, Tesla Model S's. Now, the rise of community charging is changing how people charge their car. And a growing number of EV owners are opting to rent out uh, their charging uh, plugs on the side of their house to make more income. Now, prices are increasing for rapid charging, uh, high power charging as well. And for a, a small fee, you could end up charging your EV for a lot less money. So rather than thinking, well, I haven't got a home charger at home, so I've got to dash to the rapid charger and pay more money. EV users are increasingly using their neighbor's charger for a lot less money than rapid charging, leaving them on charge overnight. Uh, Just Park is an app that we have. Uh, they will bring people together. There's also CoCharge or CoCharger, I think it's called. And, you know, you can save money on charging your car. The people who rent out their chargers can make a little bit of money, but not too much. Graham Cooper, former guest of this podcast, his National Grids, head of future markets. He said that technology that enables EV owners with busy lives to outsource worries about charging their vehicles uh, democratizes EV ownership. Now, community charging is helping people make the switch to EVs when they haven't got a driveway or haven't got a nearby public charging point. And people who do have perhaps a driveway or a wall box uh, can rent out their EV charger, perhaps overnight when they're on a, I'm on a cheap rate, I'm on 5.5p from 9.30 on Octopus Go Faster. And if my neighbour wanted to charge their car, we could put a timer on it and they wanted to pay me 7p or 8p per kilowatt hour. I'd make a little bit of money and they'd pay a lot less than public charging it that's your podcast for today question of the week taking a a short break it will return thanks to our premium partners phil roberts of electric future brad crosby porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley's ev review island youtube channel he is so busy making brilliant youtube videos love his new air mg41 uh, by the way for that budget MG4 looks like a great car. Uh, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe. Global public charging made simple with one app and one map. And milbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury self-catering cottages in Devon where you can charge up your EV while you relax on holiday. Have a good and see tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.